here and welcome to episode six of beige journalism where we bring common sense to current events it's your boy Rel, aka the black brian williams and i'm here with another episode thank you for joining um we're gonna get right into it uh, the first topic since i am recording this on july 4th weekend independence day of america we're going to get into a, a story that, that kind of relates to it. So Nike, they put out holiday-themed uh, sneakers, whether it's events or holidays that go out throughout the year. So for their July 4th edition, Independence Day edition, they had the Betsy Ross flag on the back of their sneakers. This kind of started up a little controversy to the point where Colin Kaepernick, who is a part of the Nike family, saw the design and he pretty much encouraged them not to put out the sneaker uh, they said that the sneaker would be pretty offensive to people of color so pretty much the background story of the betsy ross flag it was created right after you know america got their independence and then um the flag was put out in around like 1777 and the the difference between that flag pretty much in the flag that we have now is the flag now has the 50 stars for the 50 states and this original one had 13 stars for the 13 colonies and the controversy is pretty much when they created this when they had the 13 colonies shit wasn't right in america i mean black people were slaves black people were slaves before the flag black people were slaves after the flag they were actually slaves the entire time of the 13 colonies so when you see a flag like this and then you see the 13 colonies as a black person you're going to think back to what was going on in america at that point and at that point things were fucked up for us so it's like when you see people getting upset, which they are, there's people that are showing their patriot pride and getting like the Betsy Ross tattoo and all these type of things and they're all in uproar. But for me, it's like put yourself in our situation. So let's say we had magic or whatever you want to call it and we could get a time machine and I go back to when they had the Betsy Ross flag when they were making the flag and I went with a white person and I went with let's say Colin Kaepernick and we walked in and Betsy Ross was there and she was fucking sewing the flag and she was doing the 13 colonies she was doing the stars and stripes and we were like oh shit this is America this is the beginning you know so we walk in there and then I'm with the white guy and it's me and Colin Kaepernick and the white guy's gonna go through and then once they see us what's gonna happen we're going to fucking get murdered or we're going to become slaves. And that's the real reality of it. I mean, a white American person could see the Betsy Ross flag and they'll be like, you know, this is the start of America. It's a great time. And they could be right. But when a person like myself sees that and I think back to the 13 colonies, all I think about is, damn, if I was there, I would have been a fucking slave. And honestly, I shouldn't be having that feeling when I'm walking into Foot Locker, try to get some new J's or some sneakers, and then I see a fucking Betsy Ross flag and I think back to slavery. The funny part of this entire thing is that all these people now are all of a sudden so patriotic about the Betsy Ross flag. They they need it in their life. Like I've never really seen people with the Betsy Ross flag or even mention that shit. I mean, I've probably only seen it maybe like once or twice when I was like in the deep south in cities where there was a lot of racism. But other than that, I don't really see people even going that hard for it ever in my life until now. And then now people getting tattoos and shit like you, you didn't even like this shit that much. <laughs> There are literally people out here being patriotic out of spite. 
just go back to the regular flag. You've been good with the flag with the 50 states your entire life. Now, all of a sudden, you riding out for the Betsy Ross flag? <laughs> Come on. You just getting a tattoo for the Betsy Ross flag in your 30s and 40s? Where was this love back in the day? It's 2019 now. I mean, us as Americans of all races should just know that not everything from our past, this country's past, is going to be looked at the same way for each race. I mean, the way that I might look at certain things as a black person might not be the same way as a white American might look at things. And that should be acceptable. We should be able to know that, know our history, and be able to accept that everything wasn't great and be able to move on with that. This honestly shouldn't even have been the story. I mean, once they put the shoe out and then Kaepernick saw it, and then he suggested that it might be offensive, Nike did the right thing, they took it off the shelves, and that should be it. We shouldn't even know about this. Just keep it moving. And while we are keeping it moving, let's go to our next topic, which is the Uber. So Uber, they just dropped a new feature. It's a conversation section. And the way it works is when you pick your ride, Pretty much choose if you want to engage in conversation with your Uber driver. So you have three options. You could do a quiet preferred, a happy to chat, or no preference. And when you get into the Uber, they'll know prior um, if you want to talk to them or not. Now, my guess is that they created this feature because there were studies or a lot of people complaining that they didn't want to talk to their Uber drivers or their Uber drivers talk too much. Uh, me personally, I really don't care too much. I mean, I don't hate human to human interaction. I can be a very engaging person when need be. I don't think I'm the type of person that would start a conversation, especially in the Uber with the Uber driver. But if someone did start one, I don't mind just continuing it. And I have a 4.86 star rating from Uber. So I consider myself to be the ideal Uber rider. But even with that being said, I still can understand why people would want this feature. I mean, there's been times where I don't want to speak to someone. Usually I give them that body language or I have the headphones on when I first walk in. And they just kind of get that feel that I, I don't want to talk to this person. But there are, have been times where... I, the Uber driver just insisted on having a conversation and I'm just like, come on, bro. And this feature is probably the most respectful way that you could tell someone like a Uber driver that you really don't care about their life and you don't want to hear about what's going on. And of course, there's backlash on this. There's Uber drivers saying that they're getting treated like robots and, um, they want to connect with the person and i can understand that i mean you're fucking you are driving someone like i could understand at least at least say hello or something yeah i do understand people do want to be acknowledged at some point because they are humans but there are times where you don't want to talk to someone i mean as a rider and i mean you don't know the person's circumstance uh, there's been times where you, i've been in a rush and i have to text people like oh shit i'm running late you know what i'm saying or i gotta do emails and all that type of stuff and it's like I don't really want to have a conversation at this time. Maybe if I'm drunk, I might, you know, I might want to know where you're from or how you came here or how you got into the Uber and, and which streets you hate and all that other shit. I think this feature was specifically made just for like the bigger cities. Cause I know in New York, a lot of people probably complain about the Uber drivers. 
Sometimes you don't want to, this is a busy city. Sometimes you don't want to interact with someone. You just want to get in and keep it moving. Because we're used to having the yellow cabs or the gypsy cabs. And they never really spoke to us, especially like the yellow cabs uh, in the city. They never really talk to you. You just get in, say hello if that, and you just keep it moving. And at the end, the price shows up, you pay it, and, and that's it. And I'm sure that this is mostly a problem for for women i would say i mean i know me personally when i get an uber most people don't really want to talk to me i mean sometimes if i'm in the daytime we're drinking or something they feel the vibes then they might have a conversation but if i come in and i have my hood on or if i have my headphones on they know not to for the most part not to hold a conversation but i've been in like uber pools or been in ubers with females and as soon as they get in these guys some of these guys that are drivers just start flirting and don't want to know about everything and it's like they're stuck now they gotta be in it they can't leave it's not like a club where you can walk away you stuck in this uber for however long and it's like i can understand why they would want this particular feature my only question would be how, how would that work in the uber pool because what if it's like two or three people what if i for example say i don't care about you know talking i don't mind talking and then the person next to me says that they don't want to talk to the driver so how does that work does the driver just direct his conversation to me does he skip over them like how does that work what if there's a group you know what if one person is like nah no everybody else the other two are like yeah i don't mind i don't mind having a little conversation then it gets awkward but overall this is actually a good feature i, I like that they did this even though some people might not um i like what uber does like they they take recommendations they they listen to their riders and they make accommodations for us and since we are on the subject of ubers i've came across a few different stories of uber drivers or uber rides throughout the country and i just felt like this would be the perfect time just to share those some of them are kind of sick and some of them are like kind of funny and i feel like i want to just share everything just so people know how crazy people are not just ubers but with everything but in this case ubers so you can just be aware of what's going on so the first one i found is in new york of course and it's about a dude he just got three years of prison he's an uber driver for pretty much just kidnapping a female passenger so she got in his uber and i'm guessing she was drunk because she passed out in the uber and the uber driver he wanted to run up her fare so he drove her to connecticut and then he just dumped her off in connecticut took her phone so she wouldn't be able to call anyone and he made over a thousand dollars on a fare i mean it's uber so i think this was a pretty easy case to to solve <laughs> i mean that's probably why he pleaded guilty um it's not like it's a yellow cab or one of those uber is the easiest thing to trace so pretty sure this is an open shut case i mean one thing she did say that he allegedly groped her he said that he didn't and he didn't get charged for that but either way he still kidnapped her and then dumped her off on the highway and pretty much took over a thousand dollars in fares and took her phone and that's why he's getting three years i mean it's a pretty scary situation if you think about it because a lot of people do get in ubers when they're drunk I'm really not sure how drunk she really was to go from middle of Manhattan all the way to Connecticut um, without even noticing it. But um, it is something to think about the next time you do get in an Uber and you, and you are highly intoxicated. The other thing Uber is doing now in New York City, 
um, starting on the 9th of July, so the next couple of days, they, um, they're launching the, the Uber helicopter. So pretty much they're going to have helicopter rides taking you from Manhattan to uh, either of the airports. Um, I guess starting at $200. So that's like their promo to, to get started from lower Manhattan to JFK, $200 a person. And what they're saying is this ride only takes eight minutes. So to get from like Wall Street area, Manhattan to JFK, eight minutes flat. And you're paying $200 to do it. So obviously catered to a certain demographic. My only question about the whole thing is, yes, it's very, very fast. And it doesn't make sense of why it would be $200, especially if you're going to the airport from that area and driving is just going to be ridiculous. So you'd probably have to leave extremely early. So that does make sense. But most people, I'm guessing, that would take the helicopter don't live in North Manhattan. So that means that they probably going to have to take an Uber from their actual home to the heliport and then from there go to whatever uh, airport that you go to. So it's like you're still going to have to somehow get there and take time. It's not like the helicopter's coming to your crib and landing on the roof and picking you up and then going to the airport. And my other question would be, how would like the whole landing process work? So obviously you're going to land somewhere inside of the airport. So does that mean that you have to go all the way outside and then get into the line to check in? Or does that mean that you could bypass the line and you got like the little inside scoop and you could just go right into the airport? I mean, that that does play a factor because if you are paying $200, there's no way you want me to go all the way back outside and then check in on that long ass line. I need some kind of perks. I'm sure people have been doing this for for years. Um, This is just the first time they actually have like a real service where you could just go there and take an Uber to the the airport. So I know there's definitely a wide range of people that will be using this service. I just know for a fact that it probably won't be me. I'll probably be the one taking the regular Uber in the car. But let's get on to the last Uber story. And that is about an Uber driver in New Mexico that unknowingly took part of a robbery. So pretty much the story is that the Uber driver picked up a person. Um, I guess they were talking or whatever. Going back to the feature, they were talking. And the guy asked him if he could drop him off to the gas station really quick and he could just charge him, whatever. So he goes into the gas station. He allegedly robs the gas station with scissors. Not too sure how that works, but he, he robbed the gas station with scissors. And then and he just hops back into the Uber and the Uber driver takes him to his location. So after the Uber driver took him, he went home. The Uber driver went home and then the cops came and um, arrested him. So he obviously stated his case and everything, saying that he didn't know that it was a robbery going on. And they asked him, did the guy seem a little weird coming back after he robbed the place and he said that he thought that the guy did look a little weird um he also said that he asked him about the um the scissors why what was going on with the scissors and he said that he he used it to cut thread off of his sweatshirt or some shit like that and i've always thought about like weird stories of ubers like this and it kind of makes sense. Like I can see where his mindset was. He was thinking, you know, I have a getaway car that's not related to me. So, you know, even if they do get the plates, they won't know that it was me. 
But at the end of the day, it's Uber. It's not like it's just a regular cab. So it's really easy to track who you are and wh- what you were doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, these people are just dumb criminals at the end of the day. And the best part of the whole thing is that he robbed the gas station with scissors. So it's like, whoever was behind the counter was like, you know what? I'm not even trying to get cut. This isn't even my money. Just take whatever you want and keep it pushing. So let's transition to the last topic here. And it's uh, automated facial recognition systems. So there are a lot of police and security forces all around the world that are starting these automated facial recognition systems. They're just trialing them out, like testing them now, um, just to see how it would work. And pretty much what it does is it's cameras and whether you're in uh, like an airport or let's say like a town square or something like that, what it does is it goes through the crowd and takes facial facial recognition of people. And the hopes is to find, let's say there's someone that's a terrorist or someone that's wanted, this camera could go through, find that person, and stop them before they do a terrible act of terrorism. And of course, since it is technology, there are flaws. And one of the biggest flaws is making sure that you have the right person. Because obviously, there are billions and billions of humans, and a lot of us can look alike. So you want to make sure that you are getting the right person, especially if you're going to charge them for terrorism or probably shoot them down for being a terrorist you want to make sure you have the right person and the technology that's out there right now isn't 100 percent accurate and for something like this i need you to be 100 percent. and there are computer scientists out here that's saying that the facial recognition has a greater difficulty differentiating between men and women with darker skin tones of course we, we all seen that coming right so a woman with dark skin it's much more likely to be mistaken for a man. So when you're in a situation when you're looking for a particular person and you can't even tell who's a man and who's a woman, I don't think this is the right technology for us. And in the U.S. right now, there's about 130 million people who are already in the face recognition database. I didn't even know they had it, but there's 130 million people that's already in it. But the original database is mostly white men for the most part. So it's biased against darker skin types. And there's been a lot of errors when it comes to different skin types and genders. So you can already tell how problematic this could potentially be. I mean, they already say that all black people look alike. And we've already seen in history a lot of cases of mistaken identity. And also we've seen a lot of situations of law enforcement um, assaulting in murdering uh, innocent people of color. So once you throw in a technology like this that's supposed to aid or help law enforcement by going through a crowd and letting them know like this is the person that's bad, this is the person that you're looking for, this person is wanted, and that technology can't even tell a male from a female, then that means it's going to be a lot easier for a cop to pick any person of color just because they quote-unquote fit the description and beat their ass. And I get the whole premise of why they would use this technology for the most part. There are definitely situations where this technology could be very effective. There's a lot of terrorism going on in the world. There's a lot of people doing bad shit to a lot of people. So I could understand why you would need this in certain areas. But I could also see how this technology could also be terrible. Um, Not only just because 
the shit doesn't know a male from a woman, but because I could see people using this technology for more than just finding terrorism. You could use this for anything, you know, and it's it could get out of hand. This is just one of those things where we just have to do things the old fashioned way, you know? <laughs> The, the machines aren't going to do it for us the technology is great but we have to make sure that this is right because this this type of technology could literally be life or death for someone because if you get mistaken for someone else that could be your life <laughs> and on that note i'm gonna wrap it up thank you for listening to episode six of beige journalism it's your boy Rel. um oh yeah before i even go um just want to touch on something really really quick so there's been a lot going on in in the world, um, especially with like the climate change and everything. We've had uh, crazy uh, tornadoes all over the place. Um, we've also had two huge uh, earthquakes recently in like the Las Vegas, well, the Nevada and California area. Um, there's also been like hailstorms in summer. There's been uh, 90 degree weather in, in in Alaska, and I think it's just time for us as humans to to step up and um make a change here i mean our time might be very limited the way things are going so um every little thing counts try to just be more cautious and i guess that's the the word of of the week from rel um if you want to hit me up follow me on instagram at beige journalism uh hit me up with any topics or anything like that shout out to brooklyn and like that we out here uh, first of all, I want to say fuck Uber, right, fuck them. Uh, probably a lot of you called an Uber here, but fuck them. Now, I took an Uber once, and I will never take one again. All right, uh, I was trying to show off when I took it. I didn't really know what Uber was about, but it sounded cool. So, <laughs> around my friends, I was like, man, I'm about to order Uber. Go on, they're like, dude, what the fuck is that? I was like, you don't know shit about this kind of <laughs> But it turns out I didn't know shit about Uber. Because I did not know it was people driving you in their own personal vehicles. Right. Dude picked me up in a smart car. The whole ride, he right here, the whole ride. I couldn't even get in the back seat. My friends thought I was hanging out with him. When I got in the car, I heard somebody say, I bet he voted for Trump. I bet he did. I like cabs, man. Hey, this Uber driver, he was following the rules of the road, coming to complete stops at stop signs. The light turned yellow, he slowed down. I'm sitting next to him like, gun it, what the fuck are you doing? 